Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spoiler warning. If you're scared of spoilers, don't listen. Peace. I hate the word. I got, I got one leg and a bucket of chicken. Gonna play a little cornstarch on my werewolf man. Luigi Mario. Hello and welcome to Leguizamarama, a podcast where Mish, Zach and often a guest get together, watch one thing starring the greatest and most underrated actor of all time, John Leguizamo, and then discuss it for between 45 minutes and three hours. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, M- Michelle Wittrup, um, who you may know from. Hello. Um, uh, in 2008, I was the youth coordinator for Heidelberg Theatre Company, bitch. Fantastic. Uh, mm. My name is uh, Zach Ruane. You may know me from uh, in... 2007, I was in a production of an adult production, not even a teen production, even though I was a teenager, of Into the Woods at the Latrobe Theatre Company. I played one of the princes. Uh, This week, we are joined by, uh, you may know him from um, improvisation and podcast, Ben Russell. How are you today, Ben Russell? So good. How are you? Thank you so much for, for welcoming me on. Hello, Mish. Hello, Zach. Hello, May Ben. God you? bless your fucking, your fucking bones. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I needed that. That's so kind. <laughs> and, uh, that's so wonderful and kind, Ben. Mm. I'm a kind man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a self self described kind man. How are you doing, man. Ben? You doing well? Uh good. I just made some haggis. <laughs> yes. We got on to record the podcast and Ben was like, yeah. I'm so sorry, but in five minutes I have to go and check on my haggis just in case it bursts. Yeah, you don't want to burst haggis. That's a fucking nightmare. And uh, Look, I'll be completely honest, Ben. I'm very appreciative that you've come on to do this podcast, but I think the worst time ever to cook a haggis yeah, is when it was you're about a, to do a podcast. Listen, it was a miscalculation of time, which did is the, classic did, me, to be honest. How long does the butcher it take? tell you? Like, make sure that when you put this in that you're not recording a podcast mm, yeah. before it's ready. Well, it takes about half an hour, and I don't know if it was truly cooked, but I ate it. Oh, that's anyway. beautiful, Ben. Ben, um, what? So I guess we'll find out. What drove you to make haggis? Torrent of diarrhea. It <laughs> <laughs> comes out of me. <laughs> we'll find out soon. We'll find out about in about what, like, I would say six five hours, hours or so. Yeah, yeah five, five or six, six hours. hours? Yeah. Yeah. If it's really bad, though, you might get the runs within the next hour, which is great for Zach and I because we tend to waffle on a lot and we really want to keep this podcast to one hour. So if you are going to shit yourself, mm. if you could do it in the next 58 minutes, yeah. that'd be fine. Okay. And it is rich. It's a rich meal. Those Scots don't fuck around. Did, mm. Was it effort to find haggis in stage four lockdown? Uh, yeah, it was actually. But I found it. Talk us I kind of just th- happened across it. It was um, <laughs> I was at a gourmet butcher, yep. and uh, they had a haggis, and um, with instructions on how to cook it. And I sous vide it, mm. so which is French for cook it in a bag. 
And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I just boiled it on the low simmer. So you just simmer it. You don't want to boil it because if you boil it, it fucking splits and then it's all over, right? You've ruined your haggis the moment yeah. it splits. Because the moment you cut into that haggis, the the guts and the oats that have been stuffed in there and the herbs um, all come spilling out. It's one of the most disgusting things you've ever seen. The only thing for a vegan that's mm. more disgusting than the concept of haggis is mm-hmm. a split haggis. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's yeah. that's rotten. So it's like lamb's pluck, they say. That's what it's full of. Um, What's a pluck? It, pluck, I believe it's all the uh, the gizzards and the shit that, the mm. offcuts, the stuff mm. that they don't want. Anything that's in a, again, I think you described it well, Zach. Anything that's in a four and 20 pie mm. um, is in a haggis. There's a lot of people that criticize haggis. They talk about how bad haggis is and they're like, oh, it's so gross. And it's like, that's only because you're describing it by its ingredients. If you do it's that only because it's up front. Very yeah. Scottish. Yeah, it's very it's Scottish. Like, it's very honest. <laughs> very honest. If <laughs> so you did that with a pie dish. or a sausage, we'd yeah. be just as upset. But we don't go, what's a sausage? Well, they take the guts and they put it in the intestines. And like, mm. it's like, what an odd way to describe it. A haggis it is a Scottish hot dog. It's just that Americans don't want to explain what's in the hot dog because it's ooey. Where, like you said, yeah. Ben, the Scots are just like, fuck it. This is some guts. You Eat sh- it. G- Keep get the warm. Sheeps, get the Keep sheep's fucking guts. warm. You put some oats in there, some herbs, and then you stuff it in the, sh- own, the sheep's own fucking stomach. Isn't that grotesque? <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> It just grotesque. I love and it is. It's just this amazing thing. It's like pate is lovely and fancy. Haggis, mm. ewe, <laughs> yeah. ewe, yucky. And so haggis. I decided to go one step further in my because I I needed to back up a just a little y- yummy yum. And one of my comfort foods is macaroni and cheese. Mm. Mm. Yep. And so I made macaroni and cheese with it, and uh, I, in a flight of fancy. Mm. Added the haggis to the macaroni and cheese. On it? In it? Beside in it. it? So I mixed oh, it in. Oh, in it? Yeah. Oh, Fucking I thought it was going to be kind of like a um, like a crumble on the top that you added. Well, it is kind of, but I mixed it. I just ended up mixing it all in with it. I, and it was uh, fucking delicious. It was not I, good to look at, though. Ben, I have to work. Like, I have to dig in. I'm we'll never going to shit Lake again. i and Ice Age. <laughs> I need to dig into this. I need to know what kind of... Um, sort of mac and cheese it was. I need to know just what the experience of eating it was. What was the mouthfeel? What yeah, was, was the this, flavor? The mouthfeel, you've got the oats. So it's kind of got a, a soft texture, like a crumbly, not gritty, yeah, but it's got a texture to it. Mm. It's kind sort of like of a savory apricot crumble. No. No, okay. not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm so no, sorry. I, 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 it couldn't be further from if you... <laughs> And picture um, like the most meat umami flavor mm, that you can, mm-hmm. mixed with delicious, you know, onions and and things like that. And strong. Is it, my herbs. biggest issue with Scottish food uh, and uh, blood. Is, it's got blood in it. And blood. My biggest issue with Scottish food is there's like, um, and again, we will get to leg Is that um, it's all soft. It's all too soft. There's mm. all, a lot of softness, and I feel like you haven't counted that. You've done soft and soft. I have um, done soft and soft. Listen, it's it's a it's. It was born from boredom. Mm. This meal, I was like, you know what? Let's just have a fucking big fuck you to my body. Mm. 
That's right. been yeah. me the last 32 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels oh, me good. too. <laughs> I, every once in a while I have a day where like, I'm like, let's be good to myself. It doesn't last very long. I'm but not it's like, very... I'm like the opposite of you, Ben. No, no, I'm not very good with my body, but this was just a... This was a little... A, a real flare-up. <laughs> <laughs> I have... A controversial statement to make. Uh-oh. Oh, no. oh my God. Call Here the cops. Comes. Not the place. Not the this time. Is Mish's hot take. Macaroni and cheese is overrated. Nah. Yes, it is. I no, can't I, come I with you on this, I refuse to believe it. I think people dick on about mac and cheese so much. And like everyone's just like, oh, mac and cheese is the, like one of the best side dishes. Oh, I could really have got a hankering for a mac and cheese. I think... It is always incredibly underwhelming. Can I say? Can I? Can I retort? And I reckon Ben's you gonna may. come in with something better. But I, mm. I have to say to your statement, mm. I want to rephrase it. I think mac and cheese is rarely as good as it should be. But I think that mac and cheese has the potential for greatness. I it's think just often let down by. I think its both execution. of you suffer from not having good macaroni and cheese, and you both need to educate yourselves because you're actually. Excuse me. Have you actually, seen me? You actually ben? feel real ben, ignorant right now. Ben, uh, did I, I not look, just say? I, yeah, hold on. Do I look like someone who has never eaten mac and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I've done my research. Like, I've done years of it. No, years no. of it, and I have yet to find a mac and cheese that I've gone that is the best thing on my plate. Okay, well, I will say this. I would say that Australians don't know. What the fuck they're talking about with macaroni and cheese? Oh, I would look. say that you need, if you want to have a mac and cheese conversation, mm-hmm. you need to be talking to an American. And since I'm I an am, American, yeah, well, prove it. <laughs> You're talking. I've to got a fucking citizenship. Bitch. Show I got it to the me. passport. <laughs> My dad's oh. from New Jersey, motherfucker. Yeah, well, <laughs> you need to go back to the motherland and <laughs> fucking get in touch with your roots. <laughs> I think there's a, like a key thing. Anyone who's been to America, it's like you, it takes about half an hour before you end up going, well, you haven't actually had it until you've had it in America. Also, that was the first time I've ever announced proudly that I'm an American. <laughs> the first yeah, time I've been something. like, I'm a fucking American. I rarely use that. Just yeah. like any conversation about any food stuff. It's just like, oh, oh this is my opportunity to say... Well, I use it you... any chance I get. I'm so annoying. I'd be like, well, as an American, I think it's my right. <laughs> it's my right to do this. And you're like, sir, you're just, you... I'll when just you... get you a Coke. When you Excuse me, me, I know my rights. How when... dare you? <laughs> How dare you? When you called me on your uh, t- Twitch stream, when you randomly call people for your Twitch stream and you asked me my favorite sandwich. And I think that was meant to just be this broad question. I'm like, oh, Vegemite sandwich. And I like went straight to the, well, there's this delightful delicatessen in Los Angeles. It's a bit of a tourist trap, but I just think their Reuben is fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Classic. Because you're a foodie, Zach. You're a foodie I am. as well. I mean, yeah. we're all foodies here, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're all foodies here. That's Can we just fucking I... say that? Can we just fucking say this Can we for just once? Wear that for once? Own it? We We're just fucking all own foodies. This. All I'm saying is I'm sick of I'm sick of mac and cheese. I'm sick of people talking it up so much. I think until you can prove to me that there is a good mac and cheese, which I is can, yet I can to tell happen. you, I'll make you a mac and cheese. You need to prove to yourself. Yeah, okay? I'll make you macaroni a mac and, and cheese, cheese doesn't need to prove anything. <laughs> you- I'm, I'm the fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, I am the fucking problem. All right. Yeah. 
for well, a on that incredibly happy note, ben, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on and watching Ice Age with us. Thanks very much. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye, ben. Um, Bye. Uh, no, we really appreciate that you would sit through this. I'm really excited to talk about this one because this is a big one. This is a kind of a big, big moment for John Leguizamo. Did well, you, I, do you have much of a relationship with John, Ben? Did you know I, him before this? Yes, very much so. <gasps> yeah. Tell us all about it. You're like I the love... first guest that has known John. Like... Oh, man, I love John Leguizamo. I loved yeah. his... I mean, probably... I would say one of his best performances in, is Romeo and Juliet. That's um, my I would say that's too. probably the most iconic. But, I mean, he's a, he's a comedian. He's a stand-up mm-hmm. comic. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. made a transition into acting quite well. Mm-hmm. And it's really... I mean, he's got such... I, he's been in some crazy iconic roles, usually as a supporting actor. Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge, you know, mm-hmm. um, and Ice Age, uh, Spawn. Mm. He's in Spawn. I haven't seen Spawn. Spawn yet, but I'm yeah. fucking excited. He's also in uh, Whispers in the Dark, which yeah, was a mediocre erotic thriller from 1992 mm-hmm. that we watched a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and he's is he in, in the- uh, John Wick? Is he in a John yes, Wick? Yes, he is. he's yep. in John Wick. He got edited out of John Wick 2, but he oh. is in John Wick 1 uh, very much so. Yeah, we love mm. we, Yeah, we, we can't wait to watch John Wick. <laughs> 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 he's also in like, we can't tell you, this is something I didn't realise because we both loved him and we talk about it a bit in the podcast. We both love him, but he's done like 150 films. Yeah. And, um, mm. 10% of them are Ice Ages and that's that's not a word of a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 10% of his projects are Ice Ages, whether they be short films or mobile games. Um, oh, wow. But, uh, and then, like, there's, like, those great films you just mentioned, Romeo and Juliet, things, uh, Chef, he's in Chef. And mm-hmm. then there is literally 50 to 70 mediocre thrillers from the 90s and the 2000s. Like, he has mm-hmm. done so many of those vhs thrillers. Which is absolute joy to my ears because they're my favourite kind of movie. Yeah, he is the king of that, and and he's also, uh, yeah, he's a very much a supporting role character actor. Mm. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just didn't realize until we started this podcast. Like, he's got a plethora of voice acting, and uh, like he's done a lot of animation, mm. a lot of animation. They're all coming up. We'll we'll be talking about him at some point. Mm-hmm. He's done heaps, but this yeah. is his big. And this was his big. This was the. My kids are all going to the college of their dreams project. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> movie that John signed on to. I mean, this is the kind of franchise that you dream of. I, not only is it voiceover work, which is nice and easy. You go in there for a couple of days. And you probably have a week of recording, and then you get to you get paid a really good, handsome amount. And mm. um, Ice Age is such a big hit now. You know, mm. you've got scrunts. Mm. You know, scrunt one and two and three. You got so much scrunt. <laughs> Oh, we're going to be watching all of them. It's going to be incredibly <laughs> full on. Oh, um, no, I say, I can't, I can't stress so enough much to, scrunt. I can't stress enough to our 10 to 12 listeners uh, that we, this is not it. Like you might be like, oh, I say one, two and three. That's fun. No, no, my friend. Zach and I will be re- revisiting a f- some form of Ice Age mm. for the next 27 years. Now, the, the thing that popped out to me and mm. you guys will probably attest to this, is just how far we've come in computer-generated animations oh. since this was made out. Oh, it's, my God. It's been <laughs> massive. Look, I, I really want to talk about it. Before we do, I'll do our quick blurb. Like, I'm just going to do, do a quick a blurb, blurb. On, on what Ice Age is about. But let's be fucking honest. If you haven't seen Ice Age, you were, yeah. you're, you're very young. Probably. Ice Age's <laughs> second... 
It's second only to Mr. Bean to uh, being on the bus playlist on an ex, you know, on an excursion. Yeah, or a long was, that, trip. was that? Was I Age your? We've talked Ice about Age. this before. Was I Age yours? Mine was Cool Runnings. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, Cool Runnings is always there. Yeah, Mr. Bean, of course, is number one and always will be. Mm. Um, and I think you know, until the end of time, that'll be playing on VHSs in buses. But I think Ice Age like, was absolutely up there. Do you remember the, getting the on bus a bus? Driver man, the bus driver man would have just thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to mix up Mr. Bean. I could get me an Ice Age DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember getting on a bus? Get me an Ice Age DVD. Do you remember getting on a bus to go on a school excursion and looking up and not seeing a TV and getting real fucking yeah, being pissed off? Getting it's really fucking pissed off at your teachers? Off to, muck, off to muck and uppin' from Perth High. You look up. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the bus to muck and uppin'. And no. Right. Oh, Mish has got to do the intro. Yeah, mm. let me do the intro. I'll get through it as quickly as I can. Um, but. This is just a nice little walk down memory lane for anyone who hasn't seen Ice Age for a few years, because let's be honest, everyone has fucking seen Ice Mm, Age. So, mm. A few years ago, at the very Mm. brink of the Ice Age, a cynical mammoth named Manny, voiced by Ray Romano from that not very popular sitcom that still ran for a really long time and nobody really knew why. He is Mm. unwillingly paired up with a goofy and chatty sloth by the name of Sid, voiced by our mate John Leguizamo. Mm. Together, along with a broody, saber-toothed tiger named Diego, voiced by Dennis Leary, (laughs) (laughs) they set out to return a human baby to his tribe. But Mm. Diego may not be who he seems to be, as he has a group of saber-toothed tiger mates that want to eat the mammoth and kill that baby. As the story unfolds, this unlikely trio of mammoth, sloth and tiger form a super strong bond despite their obvious differences. It's all very cute. John Leguizamo voices Sid the Sloth, a clownish yet wily goofball with a thick, moist lisp and a longing to find someone to hang out with him. Wow. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful uh, blurb, Mish. I think you really capture the heart. People don't talk about... In my opinion, they talk about the fun. They talk about Scrat the Rat. They talk about Scrunt, isn't it Scrunt? <laughs> they talk about Scrunt the Rat. I think it's <laughs> they talk about him and his acorn all the time. How they talk about the mobile name? games. They talk about so much, but you know what they don't talk about? They don't what? talk about the heart. Yeah, the heart of the film. The yeah. heart of the film. Poor Ray Romano, who lost his family to a human hunter. Poor Dennis Leary. Who lost some members of his tribe to a human hunter? Mm. <laughs> this is a this is a story of of two two blokey comedian voiced uh, uh, mammal things dealing with their prejudice towards humans. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It wasn't it nice. Um, Dietrich Bader is in this. That was a big who's one. This? Who's this from now? Uh, from uh, the Drew Carey show? Oh, really? Mm. I that didn't pick up on that. Was but he a dodo? Uh, I think he. It says he was Oscar. Oscar. He was Jack? one of the. Uh, he was one of the saber teeth. So was Jack saber Black. Teeth. No, Jack no. Black was a saber teeth. No. There was yes. a dodo. Not, not a... correct. <laughs> not correct. Jack, Jack Black is not in. Yes, he is. Sorry, I take it all back. <laughs> oh my God, Ben. I apologize. <laughs> I, I, okay. I would just I have to take this point. I feel incredibly personally attacked. Stop trying to call me out, man. I would take, you got I'd, me on the mac and cheese. You got me on the Jack Black. Just I take that back. I would up, like to. Mate. I'd like to apologize publicly Thank to you. Mish for Mish. Um, Mish. 
Nush. Or... <laughs> Nush. Sorry. Um, but I, the only I way I'll forgive you is if you create a very public 45-minute apology video on YouTube. I'm not going to do, do that. <laughs> All right. I, um, <laughs> I guess there's not much future for us then, mate. There Scrat, a... you're right. And I'm wrong again with Scrat. It is Scrat, not Scrunt. I thought you were doing Scrunt as a bit, so I was going with it. I just did that from memory. I just thought he was named... I've always thought he was named Scrunt. That works too. I um I I loved Scrunt. I loved Scrunt. I loved all of those characters. I um in particular I loved uh the there was there was um the little nut. Nah, I got nothing. Which one? <laughs> Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. That was really you. good. Um I think you. that you touched on something really really interesting before though uh Zach about Diego and Manny. I'm very yes. confused because they had this great opportunity to create three very, very different characters that all come together. The only difference between Manny and Diego is the type of animal they are. And Diego wanted to kill them. That's true. Diego wanted to munch them and Manny was just a grump. I think I did love... I, I, it's my dream and I'm not this sort of performer because I'm not very good at acting. But also, I'm not the sort of performer that does this, but it's my dream to one day play like a grumpy, hurt character that just step by step shows their heart. Like does little things like, get out of here, baby human. And then the baby human does something cute and it's like, you know what? You're not so bad. And then (laughs) (laughs) there's just a lot of that in this movie. Like the saber tooth. I was going to eat you. But you know what? You're you're all right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's not a lot of growth. There's just kind of automatic switches that are thrown uh, to make them change tack. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> um, what were you saying before I read the blurb, though, Ben, about, um, about the audio, about voice? Uh, well, the... So I said it's it's a big... Obviously, we've made huge breakthroughs in animation, Mm -hmm. but also in the voice recording (laughs) um, in this film, I felt was is real bad. I don't know if it was just my copy that I I got um, or, you know, something wrong with my computer, but there were some that had a tinny echo, especially some of the um, throwaway lines. That, there, was, um, there was a real sense that, like, I, more than anyone, I think Dennis, I think for some reason, that Dennis Leary must have been hot property in 2002. Because, mm-hmm. like, there was a real sense they had one recording session with Leary. He was going to do one read of each line and then they would have to work around it. I've never yeah. been more aware of, like, every actor doing their own little performance and, like, not in a room together. Mm. It's just like, it's just like... <clears throat> You got you got John doing something really quite good in one corner, and then Dennis Leary just being like, oh, "I'm a mean tiger." And then you got Ray Romano doing his Ray Romano thing. Yeah, I think Ray does a good. I think, I think you're right. I mean, I I think that Leary was. 
obviously saw Toy Story and was like, I want a Tim Allen moment in this. <laughs> yes. You know. Just the concept that Tim Allen and Derek Dennis Leary are like enemies. They hate each other. They fucking hate each other. Um, I mean, Dennis Leary doesn't seem like a very nice person. Mm. How's um, this? And that just because he wrote that song called what? I'm an Asshole. Mm. Wait, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> he's, fuck off. He's brusque. Like, there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of like brusque. This is a movie about brusque male comics who mm. who who just can't stand their wives, but this time they're mammals and they're sad. I mean, that is a good a good point. Ice Age, the three main, the three leads are both are all um, huge stand up comedians. They could do an Ice Age tour together, you know, and sell mm. out stadiums. I'm sure it's in the works, Ben, to be completely honest. <laughs> they are milking. The, the the people with all the Ice Age money are milking this as much as they oh, can. As if they wouldn't. I would. It's I massive. would milk it for everything. With the Dennis um, Leary thing, though, mm. I'm, I, don't, I think I, there's just a part of my brain that couldn't hold on to Dennis Leary. So I didn't know what Dennis Leary had been in or where, he, where we've seen him before, except he's the dad in the Sandlock Kids. Is, Is he? he? Yes. I, I, I looked at his face when I looked up his face and I went, that's the dad from the sound. And he's also been in the Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, I didn't realise that. He yep. was in De- Demolition Man. I've Dennis Leary's that. been in so much. Dennis Leary's one of those people where I was like, who's doing that saber-toothed tiger? And then I Googled it and I was like, oh, it's Dennis Leary. And then I was like, the next step was like, I can't think of anything I've ever seen Dennis Leary in. He just always has and always will be. Mm. And I just thought, yeah, Dennis Leary. Good for Dennis Leary. <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> Good on Dennis Leary. But, no, okay. I think to John Leguizamo's credit, he carries this film. Comedian. Oh, 100%. I would be willing to bet that if Sid the Sloth, A, was not in the film, like the character, or mm-hmm. John Leguizamo didn't voice him, this movie would not have done well. Mm. Mm. Like, it just might not have done very well. Is that yeah. fair to say? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I think Legazamo definitely brings. He's got that voice, you know, that very distinct Legazamo timber mm. <laughs> to his uh, to his uh, vocal, you know, mm. range that I really enjoy. That everyone enjoys. And you want to? There's a little bit of trivia that I learned. I want, I want mm. some trivia. I real want some triv. Uh, Legazamo actually tried a bunch of different voices for Sid. There you go. Oh. But he watched a documentary about how sloths keep food in their mouths. And so it was like, aha, aha, <laughs> I will make it have a lisp. <laughs> Boom. Sid was, Sid was created. It was born. Yeah. Um, touching on. Um... That's truth in comedy right there. That's exactly what it's all about. If you don't, if, and this is the thing, do, you you must do your research as an actor because mm. you might not even know what you're using, but you will use that research when you're on the floor, when you're on the stage. You think Der- Dennis Leary did that? No. He's a fucking saber-toothed tiger. You don't think a saber-toothed tiger would have some kind of lisp? Fuck. What the fuck, Leary. <laughs> I was yeah, in a you, professional had... theatre production once and I, I, I met a man and, and he was smoking a cigarette and he looked at me and he said, you know, he's like, oh, you're doing some vocal warm-ups, are you? Well, here's my vocal warm-up. Puff, puff, puff. And then he put out his cigarette. That was his vocal warm-up. And I think, you know what? 
he's probably not going to be a superstar like Leguizamo with Sid the Sloth. That's mm. my opinion. Mm. Oh, absolutely. But you would think that if you had tusks like a saber-toothed tiger, you probably wouldn't sound like Dennis Leary. Well, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, again, touching on the fact that, like, very clearly Ray Romano, Dennis Leary, John Leguizamo, very male-dominated cast. Mm-hmm. They then pick up a baby who's also a little boy to return to his father. Lots of men. Mm-hmm. There were some female characters in it, though. I I, yeah. I, I adored this. I, I There was some um, little uh, lady sloths. There was a point where um, Sid the Sloth was hitting on some lady sloths. Mm. And the way that they, um, like... The way that they showed that they were lady sloths is they gave them boobies. And, they and gave them the sloth titties. I wrote that down. I said, yes. You wrote down sloth titties? Sloth I wrote down same. sloth titties. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like they all, the animators sat around and went, all right, cool. So we've got some women animals now. But how do we differentiate between a female sloth and a male sloth? Like we how about we exactly... give them some sloth titties? <laughs> Let's give them some boobies. A couple of cheeky boobies. Let's put some titties on these sloths. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but this is my favourite note in all of my notes is lady sloths with boobs and hair on their heads. Mm. <laughs> they just had little wigs, little. It was um, the, the film didn't have a strong design aesthetic, mm-hmm. and then and then I think it really trumped them when they needed to represent lady sloths. <laughs> yeah, but I just wonder, like, at what the guy who'd been drawing Sid the whole time probably also drew. That little squirrel cunt and then like probably with drawing a mammoth. It was like whatever. Mm. And it was like, oh, now we have to draw the, the female sloths that are hanging out in the jacuzzi. Yeah. It oh, really okay. has a- And him just sitting there at like 3 a.m. with a joint and his mm. like no, no <laughs> pants on. Just drawing some titties. sloth tits. Oh, man, what, 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 what would a sloth look like if it was sexy, eh? <laughs> I think that, even, that's a good yeah. point with the design, the art art design of this film. It is a very bland mm. looking film. It's it's literally like uh, the sloths look like sloths, the mammoths look like mammoths, the ice also, looks like ice. Yeah, the environments are just so bland, and I think mm. that that's probably the constraints of the time with the animation. But but mm, Toy Story managed okay. Yeah, that's I w- true. I was like, I was looking at the furry mammoth because the wool on the mammoth just sort of moves like a single unit. And I was mm. like, oh, it's because they hadn't done Monsters, Inc. yet. Like Monsters, Inc., like I watched, like innovated fur mm. in digital animation. And then I Googled it and it was a year after Monsters, Inc. Oh, when wow. It came yeah. Out. <laughs> but also like um, Shrek wouldn't have been that far off. Ice Age either. Shrek looks more rat shit than you remember. Go back no. and watch Shrek. It looks so much more rat shit than you really? remember. Really? No, I mean, I watched Trek recently, just for mm. fun. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> and it's still, compared to this, a lot more vibrant. Because it's got the an aesthetic. Are, yeah, mm. the environments are a so, little bit more realised. Here it's just ice, cliff, ice, dirt. Scrat. Scrat. <laughs> Lava at one point. Yeah. That was pretty cool to see a bit mm. of orange. Um, then that being said then, why? what do you think... Why do you think that this movie was so fucking successful? Um, I mean, marketing. Yeah, good marketing. Yeah, I it think was it definitely was also... a Happy Meal toy. 100% yeah. this was a Happy Meal toy. I think it was pushed real hard. Um, but also, it's nice and easy. And it is marketed towards young, young kids. So, I mm. think this is a younger age bracket of 
kids than say even Shrek or uh, definitely Toy Story. Mm. So and this is a younger childhood film to that. So this is something that you buy on DVD or VHS and you get the kids in young. You mm. chuck it on. I reckon Sid the Sloth in all seriousness uh, is a very... He, he, like, I don't think the movie would have done well without without le- le- legs. Now, I know that we say that and I know this is the Legazamarama podcast, but mm. I reckon without legs in it, I think it would have been a bit... Would have had no legs. Would have had no legs. He was Would've the legs. Would have had no legs. He's the I, legs. Uh, <laughs> I also think that uh, I also think that the lady sloths with the boobs definitely helped it. Well, that's what I was about to say. It's yeah. like surely it was a kids' film, but then they were like, we need to appeal to the parents as well. But it was like, also progressive. That's the beauty of very very good animation. All right, well then we'll just chuck on some little sloth titties. No, nah, not little ones. Make them big. <laughs> Make them real bulbous. Because you've got been? you've got uh, LGBTQI element in it with the mm-hmm. right gay rhinoceroses. Yeah, oh, yes. they they were some of my favourites. Oh, I yes, loved you them. You did, and you had um, you know the the that's that's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the I'd like to imagine the the lady sloths maybe like growling each other out or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Saber, that pack of saber-toothed tigers, those male saber-toothed tigers. There's something, at, there's something a bit homoerotic in that. I'm just looking at Ice Age porn videos on Pornhub right now. And oh, what have you found? Then? No, there's nothing. There's nothing? No. Ice oh, Age okay. cartoon. Oh, wait, here we go. No, nah, there's some just really fucked up shit, but it's nothing. nothing what Ice fucked up shit related. did you find when you typed in Ice Age um, porn? There's a lot of animated furry porn animation. Mm. Can can we watch Sid the Sloth being railed by Ray Romano Mammoth? This is my question. <laughs> sex <sighs> with Manny Mammoth. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might just be that there's an image, a still image. Oh no, here we go. Uh, okay, right. Let's have a look here. Scrat gets fucked by his acorn for nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and how is that? Oh, how how is that video been? This is just a looped bit of a part of a film that an acorn it, like <laughs> seems to. It seems like it's it's legit. It seems like he, in the film he gets fucked by an acorn. God, that's that's got to be like Dawn of the Dinosaurs. That's got to be towards the end. Like, yeah. you know, when they're really running out, you know, come number three or four and they're like, dinosaurs are still around. And then it's like the next step after that is, Scrat fucks his acorn. <laughs> Why are dinosaurs still around? Didn't the Ice Age... Uh, you, so that's what starting... that's the case in uh, number one and number two. And then in number three, they needed to sell more. So I think dinosaurs are in the third one. Scrat and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I, I, I never saw that film, but I saw You're the gonna. posters for it. And You're I'm going to watch it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to watch that. No. I don't think I've seen the third one. No, I don't think I have Why seen Why would you one. have seen the third one? I don't know. I'd seen the first and the second. Pretty sure I saw those in cinema, to be honest. Wow. Oh, my mum. My mum dis- always enjoyed a Disney film. Don't know how much you enjoy it after I tell her that Scrat fucks his acorn for a good chunk of time i mean i was just too old for this stuff it wasn't didn't really appeal to me i was probably a teen a teen when this happened i was yeah. too busy you know i wanted action flicks and stuff you know mm. 
Would you have, if someone had told you as a horny teenager that there were sexy slots in it, if that had been a bigger part of the marketing campaign, would you have considered watching it? Yeah, yeah. Always on the lookout for something for the old spank bank, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that there was any adult man at all in the history since 2002 to today that watched Ice Age and cracked a bit of a fat at the booby slots? I can say there was at least one. I can say with <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. It was I don't know. I just I I think that I th- I'm hoping that coming with the second and the third and all the other fucking ice ages that come with this it gets a little bit better. And I thought it w- I was really excited to see it because I thought considering the hype of Ice Age I hadn't remember see- I hadn't seen it since it came out. Um I thought it was going to be like a Toy Story, like a Shrek kind of moment. And we just didn't really get... I didn't really get that. Other than... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it attempted attempted to do that, but it was uh, the main... I feel like the main sort of directive for the script was uh, physical action, you know, and slapstick comedy. Mm. It was definitely directed towards little children. Whereas I feel like Toy Story hedged its bets with between, you know, having that... Um, it was for kind of everyone, but also maybe a little bit too old for the same kids that watched Ice Age. It had a couple of moments, though. Like, I can't imagine a kid would understand what uh, Taekwondo is. I thought that was very funny. That was very funny. The dodos are a highlight. Also, this is, unlike a lot of Pixar films, this is a kid's film in which the bad guy is murdered. Absolutely. The, yes. There was a real... They really went for, like, the Lion King ending. Gave you a bit of everything, this movie. It was a bit silly. And then they had the Lion King ending, but a kind of half ass Lion King ending. Mm. Plus, the lady died at the start. Like, she gave them their baby and then, like, died. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. Was dead. I have something to say Pretty about that. On. I'm okay, sure you so, do. <laughs> oh, I do. So, okay. The saber-toothed tigers attack the, the human camp, right? And the woman runs off with her baby and a tiger follows them. And then she ends up jumping down a waterfall with the baby so that she doesn't get mauled by the saber-toothed tiger. She is then found by Manny the mammoth and Sid the sloth on, the, on a riverbank with the baby. And Manny looks and they look at them and she gives them the baby to look after. She's mm. not that bad. <laughs> like, no, she's she, not. It's she's meant not, to like, be like up or anything. No, she it's like it almost any, looks like, like she's trying to be like, please look after my baby. I'm dying. I'm about to die. I need you to look after my baby. And she hands it over to a mammoth. What a psychopath! Mm. But mm. she hands over a baby to a mammoth. She's not. She's honest. She's awake. She has enough energy to lift her baby onto the. Just get up. Get out of the water. Mm. Get no, out of the like water. Help her out. If this help her out. if this mammoth is willing to look after your baby, I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive he'd help you too. Now, like, yeah, that's not the only plot hole that I found in this film. <laughs> it's the only one I found. Other than that, it was like a documentary. That part, <laughs> that part was flawed. Um, I just, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, go on, Ben, what were you saying? No, 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 uh, I agree with what you're, well, yeah, I felt like that was, I feel like that's where we could have used a little bit of that Toy Story sadness injected in, you know, that, little, that Pixar sadness, of, yeah. A little Maybe sprinkle just, of magic, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I hear you, Ben. I hear um, you, sir. But the main thing that I saw was that they... Okay, there's a se- sequence where um, Sid 
climbs up a hill and is tired and he collapses down and then a geyser blows him up into the air. Mm. First off, he would not have survived that geyser. I would have killed him. No, so I would have blown him to bits. Him. Yeah. Would have boiled him alive. Severe burns. Dead. Awful. Yes. And then Manny the Mammoth says, well, that's why they call it Old Faithful. So that then places them in... <laughs> they're in Yosemite, right? Yep. I believe that's where Old Stone... Is that Yosemite or Yellowstone? I get them. I get those two big boys confused. Yeah. I think it's Yosemite. Yeah. I should have done some research. So let's there's just... A, that's all right. So we should have too. There's <laughs> definitely... There's also like a bit where like... Um, like where there's images of uh, like... Uh, saber-tooths eating um, like it's cave art of saber-tooths eating some antelope and and Sid the Sloth tries to comfort the child by saying Mm. no no don't worry they're just playing tag Mm. they're just they're just playing tag and I think like why that places it again yeah at least post like I think 1800s at least Mm. Um, and also like how is bringing how is it bringing comfort to this child um like a concept that won't exist for 7,000 years at the yeah. least. Yeah. So it's in Yellowstone. My apologies to Old Faithful. I'd like to really apologize. It's in Yellowstone National Park mm-hmm. is where Old Faithful Geyser is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and then, sorry, just one second. No, 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 please. And then in the same montage, which is that beautiful song montage, mm-hmm. they pass uh, Stonehenge, which yes. is in Wiltshire, England. <laughs> So they 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 want us to believe that either, you know, I'm not sure the state of the 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 continents in Ice Age. Maybe it mm. was some kind of Gondwana land, mm. um, but probably not. I would say no. Yeah, and no. and I mean the druids, the druids built the those that structure mm. like. Um, Surely it was pretty much England when they built it. I don't think that oh, that, that structure yeah. would have handled that much of an amount of uh, mm-hmm. continent mm-hmm. shifting. No, and so also, they had they had like anteaters with New York accents. Yeah, you know, like, where did they come from? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how like, did that how did that accent develop? Um, I think, yeah. both no, I think in, this is important. Uh, okay. It's important to talk about plot holes like this so that they can yeah. improve. Yeah. It makes no sense. Another thing in terms of like, I suppose you could call this a plot hole. It's just almost like it took me out of the reality mm. of the Ice Age film. And I was like, that would never happen. Um, they went into like an ice cave, right, to avoid um, the saber-toothed tigers. No, no, no. They went into an ice cave because Diego um, keeps them away from the humans. And while in there... They drop the baby and the baby starts sliding down this like very long, very deep slide. Mm-hmm. And then they all end up going off on slides as well to try and catch the baby. And it goes That's for a very long time. Just quick side note. This yeah, is the second movie so far already that we've watched where John Leguizamo goes down an ice slide. It's Why also is this a Super side Mario note? Brothers. I feel like this What's needs the other to one? be like it's Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. Wow, you watched that, that one. The, the yeah. Goomba mattress scene. It's very good. Um, it's like a f- sorry, Mish. I actually have to like do a little time out there and say like, why is that a side note? That's like the that should be the key like point of the thesis here. How has he been in two movies with ice slides? I feel like an ice slide shouldn't be in that many movies, let alone one person's filmography. Oh, for sure. I would be willing to say that any movie made after 1990 that features an ice slide. 
also features John Leguizamo in some way. It's like, I feel like an ice slide needs to be like a key component to all of his films. If there's not an ice slide in Waco when we watch it next week, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> I'm expecting to see an ice slide in all his projects. John Wick, we've got that coming up soon. If Keanu yep. Reeves and the guy who sells him a car aren't going on an adventurous ice slide about two thirds of the way through the film, I'm gonna. A, I, I'm, I'm not gonna function properly. I'm gonna be that's mad. Bullshit. You know. Also, to- I wish that I had gone and seen. With this podcast, I wish that I had gone insane. 2011, mm. me, was in New York. Mm. And I was walking down Broadway. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you were. And there was a, there was a big poster <gasps> for a John Leguizamo stage show <gasps> called Ghetto Clown. Yep. Yeah. And I wish that I could go back in time and say, Ben, Go. Go to that show. Pay $180 or $200 (laughs) and go. Um, I'm fairly sure you can watch it. You can watch a recording of it, which is what Zach and I are relying on at some point (laughs) when we need to review it. Um, You can watch a recording of it, but it's never the same thing as really going to see him. No, it's not the same thing. You gotta go. Imagine being doing a one man, a one person. Bless you. Oh, bless you. Bless ben. you, Ben. We don't edit, you see, so we can't pretend you didn't just do that. No, it's alright. I need to get a tissue. One second. You guys talk right. amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you reckon you'll Rock edit this, Zach? No. So, um, <laughs> I was gonna say, Mish, uh, yeah. what do you reckon would happen if? Mm-hmm. You were, um, if you were in a one-person show and you had to like entertain a thousand people, I reckon that would be a tough ask. It'd be a very tough ask. Of course uh, it would. Um, you've had to do that before, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Not one person. I was just saying how hard it would be to do a one-man show. Like Broadway, one-person show would be very difficult. It's a lot of people. It's every night. You'd get pretty puffed, I reckon. I reckon it'd be the, exactly the same as performing to, you know, a solo show some anywhere else in the world. Oh, you're, I reckon if anything, it'd be a bit easier because you've got those beautiful theatres. Yeah, actually, I, I take everything I just said back. You've got beautiful theatres, you've got over-eager tourist crowds, you have you don't have to tour, you, you've got your spot. Yeah, no, yeah. that sounds sick. But I mean, the thing John, with John, John's at the after. So he that show was released that you're talking about was released in 2011, and the beauty of that is the man had already signed on to Ice Age, and God knows how many other Ice Age movies he would have had to sign. He can have a failed show; he's fine. Yeah, like yeah, every, he everything he's failed since 20, 2002, which is when Ice Age came out. Mm. Anything, any project he's done that has not like like smacked it out of the ballpark, he's fine. <laughs> Like, it's fine. He's going to do another Ice Age in two years. So that'll just boost him up again and he'll be okay. So now he's got the freedom to be able to, you know, flop in front of a 1,000-seat audience in a one-man show. Well, in Although a way apparently that's... it was a very successful show. Yeah. You're not afraid. I don't think, like, I think that it, it having the success that John Leguizamo has is like, you could either t- take it two, one of two ways. Mm. You could either feel that pressure and be afraid to take risks mm. for fear of failure since you've had such good success. Or you could do what I think John Leguizamo does, 
which is that success takes the pressure off you so you don't have to be afraid of that failure anymore. You've already proven yourself. You've already gotten that safety net financially so that you can take more creative risks. Yeah, and I think a lot of people um, that aren't Zach and I... (laughs) Uh, probably wouldn't know that John has been working his little booty off in the industry since the late 80s. And it's not like he just signed onto Ice Age and got really lucky. He'd worked really hard up until that point. So when he finally gets his cash cow, it's like, well, great. Now I get to kind of like do all the things that I wanted to do. You literally see it on uh, on the IMDB page. You see like a person who's working like saying yes to jobs, like auditioning for things, trying, like if not auditioning, then at least like his agent's hustling and he has to say yes to things. Then Ice Age happens and then it's just like, I mean, I would love to do that. That's like oh for me on a, on a smaller thing, that's like getting a massive commercial. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, I don't know, Ben. Be I've like, seen... I've been watching my TikToks. I see you pop up in your Seven Eleven commercials every once in a well, while. Well, that's not a massive commercial. That's a, <laughs> we're talking that's like an, an Amy. Commercial. We're, we're talking, talking like an Amy sort of money. We're talking yeah, uh, I net guy. Oh, yellow, net guy. Yellow Pages Jan, not Happy yeah. Jan. Oh, uh, yeah, just like like you're not allowed to. You know those ones where they're like you're not allowed to do any other ads. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do your theatre and we're your talking comedy. Yui. We're talking Yui, dude. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're talking. We're talking like a sort of a Colgate kind of. I represent this brand. When you mm. think this brand, you think my face. Kind of like yeah. the subway oh, guy. Oh, <laughs> and that's when that goes dark. Who's the subway <laughs> guy? Jared <laughs> from Subway. Yeah, Jared oh, from was. Subway. How much what? did they pay him? They paid him too much. Mm-hmm. That was How a man. But he can't enjoy his money everything. now. Ben, he's in jail. Why? Why? Why, would, why is he in jail? Because he's a pedophile, Ben. Because <laughs> <laughs> you bad, know what happened, Ben? Bad you know man, what happened? Ben. Subway gave... They took away the pressures of life and he took on vice and he took on avarice and greed. And that, that is what happens when you get a big ad. You so become, Subway created a pedophile? I think so. I believe so. And I'm willing to put that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> Subway creates pedophiles. As well as fresh food. I have to say, I have to say, we we talked about the dodos very briefly, but I really want to talk about the dodos because what I feel like the dodos were, because there was a group of dodos that died and they also knew Kung Fu Dodo. What was it called? Taekwondo. Taekwondo. That is so so clever. Mm. It's very clever because it's like Taekwondo, but they added do and it's Taekwondo. And, um, and I feel like the amount of times this movie tried... It's like people think of Scrat and how like iconic Scrat is. It's like, that's because there's like 50 attempts at this movie's minion or yeah. this movie's mm. spider pig. It's just like this movie is just like, we don't really need to do a plot. We don't really need a strong design aesthetic. If we have our spider pig, we're going to be just fine. Yeah, Scrat. <laughs> it's just like, all right, so there's Scrat. But if Scrat doesn't work... We got the do- the dodos that do kung fu dodo. If they don't work, <laughs> we got those New work, York anteaters. We got the New York, and one of these things, even though it doesn't exist yet, one of these things are going to be our spider pig. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> if we get <laughs> spider our spider pig, pig. <laughs> the easily though, the taekwondo dodos were my favourites. 
I loved them. I've never really connected with Scrap like the rest of the world did. Like he's yeah. got he's got one joke. You know what I mean? It's one yeah, no, fucking. I mean, joke. this is DreamWorks, isn't it? No, this is um, Fox. For, uh, oh wow! Secretary Fox, Blue Sky Studios, which doesn't exist anymore because you know, they, they, uh, Disney has enough animation studios, so they mm. shut it down. Oh right, so this is Disney. Technically, yeah, it's technically yeah. Disney now. It's my favorite thing about um, Disney, the Disney acquisition of Fox, mm. was all the articles that were like. What happens to the X Men now? And like, is Ice Age a Disney? Uh, is Scrat a Disney princess now? <laughs> just like, meanwhile, you go to like Deadline, and it's like five thousand laid off as Disney shuts down another department. <laughs> what does this mean for uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine? <laughs> 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 the now, centralization. <laughs> did you know? Mm. There's yes, a little I bit. There's a little bit of thing for the dodos, right? Yeah. You know, a little bit of irony, a little bit of historical irony wow. in this. I'm getting ready. because all those dodo, dodos died, but as a species, the dodo actually outlived all of those animals. Wow! Wow! Did you yeah. just Google that? Where are you getting these facts from, Ben? Uh, IMDb trivia. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I was just like, is he is he going like Dodo facts and going down that path, or has he just got the IMD trivia up? Yeah, just got the uh, Dodos sick, were man. wiped out around the mid to late seventeenth century, whilst woolly mammoths died out ten thousand years ago, um, and ground sloths uh, that became extinct at uh, two thousand five hundred BC. Saber-toothed tigers wiped out ten thousand BC, and uh, Neanderthals, or Neanderthals, were uh, obviously wiped out by, uh, by Daryl by. Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh man! So the dodos, <laughs> the dodos like smashed it. Well, dodos were around like not like I'm pretty sure there's like like humans just studied the dodos like there's like pictures of dodos like in like yeah th- this movie was a bit um. Flawed. I don't know. I'm starting to think that Ice Age d- didn't have a real adherence to historical accuracy. No, nah, man, they didn't give a fuck. No, they, they, they're not at all. They just they, they didn't care. They were like, do you know what's really easy and cheap? The colour white. Let's just put... <laughs> like, what movie can we make? What can we make where the main colour palette is just white and brown? Oh, I don't know, like something set set in something set in ice. Ice Age. That's with the mammoths. They're what brown. Was those little, what was those little those things at the start where they're like there was those fucked looking things and they're like, "Where's your husband?" And she's like, "He reckons he's the next step of evolution." And then there's a shot of him trying. Oh, to those fly. weird things. I don't know what they were. And it's just this. There's just this real moment where I'm like, "Did is this film implying that a group of like sentient mammals ten thousand years ago?" worked out the theory of evolution and then that 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 knowledge was forgotten for hundreds tens of thousands of years mm. is that what this film is implying it's, mm. it's yeah. ridiculous it is ridiculous. ridiculous it's sad though because all of these things about historical accuracy and audio issues i really didn't want them to be there because i was really hoping when it came to doing our leguizamo scores that i would be able to be like you know what this is quintessential John Leguizamo, but unfortunately, I think yeah, right. all of those things have kind of affected my my overall feelings about the film and my overall Leguizamo-iness of the movie. Mm. Is that wrong? 
Is that wrong, man? Uh, I fully disagree with you. I think the movie was um, uh, was fine. Like the movie was was fine. It was a fine film. It had a. It was a fine film. It was a fine film. <laughs> the aesthetic <laughs> was lacking. <laughs> um, it, it it was like it was not. It was like exactly what Ben said. You put the DVD on, get the kids to watch it while you make scones in the kitchen. But, but in terms of a Leguizamo score, so for Ben, for the record, we give the film a score out of five Leguizamos. It's not stars; it's its own thing. You mm-hmm. can make of it what you want. In terms mm-hmm. of a Leguizamo score, Leguizamo is a lead. Leguizamo is doing a funny voice. Mm. Leguizamo carries the movie. Like fuck, Dennis Leary would have yeah. been swimming on his own without without him his working. I don't think mm. the film would have done well nah. without Leguizamo. I agree. If if, if Dennis Leary if, was the the face of Ice Age. <laughs> In all the trivia for Ice Age, it's like these persons were, you know, considered for the role. This person was considered for Manny. This person was considered for Diego. At no point does it really state that if there were any other alternatives mm. uh, cast for uh, Legazamo. So we have to uh, assume that this role was written with John Legazamo in mm. li- in mind. Do you know Shrek was originally Chris Farley? That's like a pretty like established thing. That Shrek yes, was, yeah, yeah. Before he uh, tragically passed away, that's a bit full on. Do but he he was gonna be Shrek, and it's like he, the thing is right. Mike Myers is incredible as Shrek. The Scottish accent is iconic, but mm. that film still would have been great with Chris Farley in it. Still would have been really really good. Mm-hmm. I, this I, movie would have had I, nothing without legs. I made a, an error, and I sincerely apologize to no, okay. uh, Ice Age and to you guys. I really want no, to just it's apologize. Okay, it looks like Johnny Knoxville and Dave Foley were considered for the role of Sid. Oh Ridiculous. God! Imagine if Johnny Knoxville played Sid. Terrible. 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 What a yeah. waste. I was really worried you'd come in with someone like really strong, just a really strong. I mean, Dave Foley's not bad, but I can't. He d- he's in more of a neurotic voice character. He's not. He's not leggy. Do yeah, you think? Do you think that Ray Romano, as he was in the middle of his Everybody Loves Raymond fame, do you think that he went into this movie thinking he would be the standout voice actor because he is Ray Romano? Or like, or do you think like do you think I have a feeling that after this movie came out and Manny wasn't the like big beloved character it was Sid the Sloth, that might have pissed Ray Romano off a little bit. Well, I think he would have come in knowing that it was an ensemble piece, uh, shared mm-hmm. by the three leads. But I think yeah. that yeah, I mean, you always have a hope that yours is going to be the most beloved, and well, Manny is definitely not the least beloved. I mean, I would say Diego would probably be the least, the least likable and charismatic. Poor Dennis. And, of the characters. Um, but uh, I think that, yeah, I think that you would be a little bit, ah, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? You're still getting paid. And not only that, but you've got two more sequels on the way. So yeah, I, I just... Ray was fine. I reckon yeah. Ray Romano, I reckon he's pretty chill. I get a vibe from Ray Romano that he's very, maybe that's the bit he does, you know, because Deborah's always at him. <laughs> She's always at Deborah. him. <laughs> Deborah's always going, well, do the dishes, and he doesn't care too much. Mm. That's what I imagine. No, but I, I think he was just like, yeah, I'll do the film. And, and clearly the guy that's playing the silly sloth's going to 
like take it and run. Mm. He's not like trying to carry the film. You know what I mean? No. He's not there trying to. He's he's very confident. I feel like Dennis Leary's really in it. Whereas like I feel like Ray's very confident that whoever they cast as the sloth is gonna is gonna carry this film. Yeah, he's really I mean, letting him take it. Ray is the uh, Ray is the emotional sort of core of the film. Mm. Yes. You write you writing that down, Mitch? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was just a certain moment when you finished that sentence. Uh, and I had like my brain wasn't working. I had to piece together every part of what you just said. I was like, Ray, yes. Was? Yeah, cool, got it. The emotional emotion. Yep, got it. It just took me a while to get what you said. But no, I agree with you. He got yeah. the big weepy scene, didn't he? Where mm. he's looking at the big rock with the drawings. He didn't do any dialogue in that. It was a silent scene. And I thought, isn't that great? Where Romano just rocks up. All he has to do is say things like, get over here, sloth. And you're all right, kid. And then, But then someone animates a beautiful performance about him losing his family. And then mm. we give Ray Romano credit for a great performance. That's a real win-win for Ray Romano. Really is. Yeah. Who is actually a great actor we've since learnt in oh. various films. Like, phenomenal actor, which mm. is very big twist. Mm. Such a twist. So, Zach, your Leguizamo score then. Four and Hit a half. Hit us up. Four, and, four a and a half Leguizamos. Yeah, I think it's like, I think this is a star vehicle for him. I think he mm. shines. Mm. I, think he, I think he got it. He carries this movie. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been my thesis for a while now mm-hmm. that he's not a character actor. He's a leading man and a comedic mm-hmm. performer that, that got, that got uh, s- like put into the character actor role. And this mm-hmm. movie is proof that he's a leading man. Do you think yeah. the reason why he isn't a leading man has a little bit to do with uh, the whitewashing in Hollywood? Oh, it's all. Oh, it's one hundred. Yeah, we've been yeah. like alluding to it and being yeah. like, "Oh, you know, not for us." But yeah, hundred percent. He's, he's he was, as good as he should be, as big as Brad Pitt and Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. He is as good an mm. actor. He is as attractive, mm-hmm. but he ain't white. <laughs> and he can do comedy. Different. He can and do he can comedy. Do yeah, comedy. and he's very, very funny. He can do everything really. Like mm. he can, like he, he can do. He's very, very versatile. He His should. performance as Tybalt. Makes it's me incredible. Oh, I He's watched a clip of it, like when we first. I was like trying to find different snippets to kind of put together a like thing for Instagram or some bullshit, and I and I rewatched this one snippet of him as Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet, and it was just the most fucking incredible thing I've ever yeah. seen. He's insanely good, but um, yeah, he should have got really an Oscar nom for that. Sorry. He should have got an Oscar now. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think he got nominated. Should have. Um, yeah, absolutely. But like we looked at, we Zach and I spent like three or four days going over his filmography and trying to categorize everything. And I'm talking like 99.5% of the time. He is uh, a sidekick character or secondary too, but he's never like 99.5% of the time. He's not a romantic lead. And it just it blows my mind that he was given so few opportunities to be able to to have that moment, to have the McConaughey moment, to have the Brad Pitt mm. moment, the DiCaprio moment. Um, I would love to see him have a have a renaissance. We're, we're calling it the leg leg evolution. I think um, that he's up for it. I think that I mean both Raymond Romano's uh, making plans for a big Romano. Rema- 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 Rema-
Romanaissance. And I think that, I mean, I think that now is a perfect time for Legazamo to pop back into the zeitgeist. What did they call Jeff Goldblum's one? Because I reckon that's where, like, the Legazamo, like, you go, that the guy who played Tibble, like, we should make Tibble, Tibble in Romeo and Juliet should be like his, um, Whatever the fuck uh, uh, he was doing in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, people should be like, fuck, the cunt from... Let's make a Tybalt meme. Anyone who's well, good at memes? They did, they, did go, they did go, oh, fuck, that cunt from Romeo and Juliet. He's very good. But then they were just like, he's very good. That's it. It's like, well, no, keep him work. Give him things. Keep well, I him feel working. like, obviously, um, Romeo and Juliet director man... Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann appreciates the Gazams. Mm. He does, and we, that's why we think of him. Yeah, Luhrmann's great for gua, uh, Gazams. Mm-hmm. Gazams. Oh well, G- also G- arguably, G- um, John Leguizamo is one of the best parts of Moulin Rouge as well. He's yeah. so good in Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah. for sure. There you go. Um, I that love all that being he's done said, little trips to Sydney. He's just done these little trips to Sydney to shoot, shoot some great parts. Um, that all being said. Um, I went into this with a five Leguizamo mind, but I've mm. come out with a four Leguizamo score. Yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, and that four is purely because he is he carries this film. It's it's on his back. This four Leguizamos, as you know, the like I just found a lot of it kind of annoying. I I, I would consider chucking in a half Leguizamo for the sloth titties, but because yeah. Stonehenge was in the middle of Yellowstone Park, it gets removed again. So we're back to four. Yeah, I mean, this is a kid's movie. It's for kids. It's not for us. Mm-hmm. I never really connected with Ice Age, but it's not offensive. It's not offensively bad. It's no. something that kind of just, like, I forgot that I was watching it halfway through and then would just can pop back in and pop back out. It's the type of film that parents have had to sit through replay after replay after replay after replay. Probably, you know, there are some parents out there that have probably watched this you know, 300 times. Mm. Easy. They like welcomed Dawn of the Dinosaurs because they were like, <laughs> at least we can mix it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it's definitely a classic. It's definitely in the zeitgeist. I'm going to give this a, a, a 4.5 and I won't give it a 5 because I think that that 5, spoiler alert, is reserved for Romeo and Juliet. Oh, we're holding, we're holding yeah. off the 5s. I've been giving out a lot of 4.5s. Mm. Um, Mish got really mad at me. He was in an ABC, like American ABC miniseries called uh, Arabian Nights. Worth where he no played more. The genie. Not worth no more than two Leguizamos, Ben. And I, I gave him four and a half Leguizamos. Because <laughs> it's all about a lady telling stories. And at the end of um, the first of two episodes, she said to the guy that was keeping her prisoner, I will tell you the next story tomorrow night. <laughs> And that was the character in World telling all of us in the year 2000 that the next episode was on tomorrow night. And I thought that was just so clever. <laughs> I thought that was just so clever how they incorporated that into the script. Beautiful. That gave it uh, like at least one and a half Leguizamos in my book. Is it nice <laughs> to be doing a podcast that's set in present day? Um, oh. I cannot express to you. Do you know what though? It's harder as well because um, it's very structureless. The, the old podcast, you could just go, oh, I don't know what to do. And then you could just say something like, oh, how good's uh, Facebook? Pogs. <laughs> how good's Pogs? <laughs> Whereas now we have to be like, oh, 
We're all locked in our houses. Mm. There's nothing on that. We're just all sad yeah. in our houses. <laughs> of course, the last time we had you on a podcast, Ben, it was on our recaps show. Uh, that anyone who hasn't come over from our recaps show, uh, we did a review podcast on MasterChef Australia season one that we set in 2009. And when we asked Ben to, to come on and have him watch three and a half hours of MasterChef, we forgot to tell him that it was set in 2009 <laughs> until we were like, okay, we're about to press record. Oh, by the way, Ben, you know it's set in 2009? He's like, nah. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> nah. Um, no, and is probably is probably my favourite episode that we recorded from, reca- <laughs> was from recaps was the Ben Russell episode. So please have a listen if you can. Zach, can you read a review? Yeah. So uh, give us reviews. We only read out the five stars. Um, so where is it? Let me just pull that up. Um, all right, here we go. Um, oh no. What? What did you do? Oh no, that's all good. Um. Lex Lex Squizzit from Mazadaza. I give this podcast five mission Zakuizamos. Good wordplay there, Mazadaza. Um, queef five stars from Getting Legs. <laughs> I like when Mish said queef. Of course, if you haven't listened to all the episodes, Mish accidentally said queef a few weeks ago. Uh, so that's good to bring that back. <laughs> Wait, yeah, are, you, you. are you reading five-star reviews from your own podcast? I thought you were reading reviews from Ice Age. <laughs> no, because that doesn't give us any no, advantage in the no, podcast. No, Ben, don't be silly. Why We're would we read reviews of, po- of Ice Age? That would make sense. And there's nothing sycophantic about that. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? What are they doing? <laughs> did you, at the very least, Ben, did you enjoy watching Ice Age more than you enjoyed watching MasterChef? Yes, Great. so much. Uh, MasterChef is one of the worst television shows out there. At least it might not have been then, but now it certainly is. There's nothing more inane and boring. I, could, I couldn't be less excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually reached the nadir know, of my excitement. I don't know, Ben. I think that in a sense you should be thanking us. We gave you the Crock and Bush episode. That is true. I did get the Crock and Bush episode, the very first one. Yeah. What a delight and a what privilege. What a delight. Um, ben, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. If people uh, want to follow you on all your socials, what should they look up? Uh, go onto Twitter and go Ben Russells. Russells. And that'll take you to my Twitter. Now, if you want to see my... Symbol. I do a little Twitch. I do a little Twitch on the oh. Twitchospheres, which I'm, uh, I do uh, a bunch of different things on there. Go to Bon Member. B-O-N-M-E-M-B-E-R. And throw me a follow. See what the fuck happens. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you. <laughs> <laughs> You're reckless. You're. A I'm reckless a rogue. Boy. I'm a rogue knight, uh, <laughs> drifting in the wastes of of Victoria, fighting well, the good fight, protecting I'm really, the weak. Really, really appreciative that you came on, Ben. You're one of my favorites, and I'm always incredibly intimidated to have a chat with you on one of these things because you're so fucking good. Oh, that's ridiculous. I actually have to disagree with that. That's absolutely ludicrous. That's absolutely ludicrous. You stupid fucking bitch. That's the bitch. best response I've ever compliment ever. Just, yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely ludicrous that you'd say that of me. <laughs> I'm just trying to be fucking nice. <laughs> no, you're, you're incorrect. <laughs> I have to disagree with that. I respectfully no, disagree. This is superfluous at best, Michelle. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right, thank you.
Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Jump onto our Instagram at MissionZach and give us a follow so that you can keep up to date with everything that we're up to. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening and thanks again, Ben. You're the best. Thank you. I have to pee. Nish has to pee. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.